Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, I encourage you to do so, so you never miss a great detective and podcast. You can subscribe for free with your favorite podcast software, whether it's Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. I also want to encourage you to check out our other podcasts. If you're in the mood for a Christmas story, I suggest you check out our Christmas old-time radio detective stories feed, which is available in your podcast engine, or you can go to christmas.greatdetectives.net and listen along with your favorite podcast software. We've got all of the Christmas specials we've done with Johnny Dollar, The Saint, Nero Wolf, Boston Blackie, so many others. Uh, Check it all out at christmas.greatdetectives.net. Before we get started, I did want to go ahead and edit in a disclaimer, which I should have included initially. I'm adding thanks to some helpful listener feedback. While I would never describe Larry Kent as a gentleman, I will say that his treatment of women is even more egregious than normal in this episode, so listener discretion really is advised. Well, now it's time for this week's episode of I Hate Crime, and we're bringing you episode 119, original air date, 1952. Let's go ahead and take a listen. I hate crime. Larry Kent, Private Investigation. It's the Mountain Insurance Company. Sorry, I've got some. I'm looking for the claims manager, Miss Lawrence. Oh? Miss Lawrence would like to see you. About what? I believe she wants to engage your services. Then ask her to ring me, will you? I'm sorry, Mr. Kent. She's at an important conference. But she would like to see you at 11. Shall I tell her you'll be here? Okay. Yeah, see you at 11. Thank you. Goodbye. So long. I was at the Paramount Insurance Claims Department at two minutes after 11. Mr. Kent? Yeah? Miss Lawrence has been waiting for you. Oh, too bad. Now, if you'll just come this way. I did. She led me through a couple of offices, came to a door with gold leaf spelling out, Ruth Lawrence, Claims Manager. Come in. Mr. Kent is here, Miss Lawrence. Oh, send him in, Miss Morgan. Very well. There you are, Mr. Kent. Thanks, sweetheart. Have a chair, Mr. Kent. Right. You're three minutes late. Well, there was a blonde at the reception desk. I had to ask her how to get here, among other things. What's on your mind, Miss Lawrence? A job you might be able to perform. What's the job? Now, first, as a private detective, I assume that you treat all cases confidentially. That's part of my business. You're an American? Yeah. Then why did you come to Australia? Trouble? 
love Miss Lawrence. I didn't come here to be pumped. I like to know as much as I can about the people I hire. Then go get yourself another boy. Good morning, Miss Lawrence. Oh, wait. Yeah? Your attitude suits this particular job I have in mind. Sit down again, please. No more questions. No more personal quip. What's the matter? Why do you look at me like that? I was just wondering what would happen if you'd smile. Why should I? Well, it'd break down your business-like front and probably make you look feminine. Sex, Mr. Kent, has no place in business. <laughs> then I must be in the wrong business. Shall I begin, Mr. Kent? She was a glacier. A lovely, well-rounded statue, but she was cut right out of ice. Oddly enough, she was talking about ice. Have you ever heard of the Vary necklace? Can't say that I have. Well, it's made of twelve perfectly matched diamonds, set in gold and platinum. It was stolen yesterday. I think I get it. This company has insured it, huh? Yes. Why do you expect me to do? Run out and get it back? I hardly have that much faith in your capabilities, Mr. Kent. Then why talk to me? Well, it's said that you have many contacts in the underworld. That's right. So what? Just this. We're willing to pay £7,500 for the return of the necklace. No questions asked. Hmm. How much was it insured for? Seventy-five thousand. The crook could get twenty from a fence. Yes, but he'd be taking the risk of being caught. This way he collects and has no worries. And you could make yourself a tidy profit. Then you don't care how much I keep for myself, huh? We'll pay you seventy-five hundred pounds if you can arrange for the return of the necklace. The rest is up to you. Well? When I collect, will you help me celebrate? When and if you place that diamond necklace on my desk, the transaction will be completely finished. Oh, what an awful shame. Not as far as I'm concerned. But think of 20 years from now. You won't have any memories. And no regrets. Good morning, Mr. Kent. Career girls always get me down. They spend the best years of their lives trying to prove they're as good as men. <laughs> they end up looking like men. There was a guy in Paddington called Frozen Fingers. He picked up the nickname because he handled so much ice. A little weasel of a man with a face that never stopped twitching. I? Oh, well, what, what can I do for you, Kent? The very diamond necklace. Ever hear of it? I? Oh, my eyes. Who's got it? I? Oh, I, uh, I don't know. Find out. Oh, now, 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 you, you know me, Kent. <laughs> that ain't my line. I want to buy it, no questions asked. I'll start at 5,000 and I won't go any higher than 7. If it's 6,000 or less, you get 500, otherwise 300. Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. Uh, there's, uh, n n nothing funny in this, is there? I'm working through the insurance company. Ah, oh. oh, I get it. Um, Yeah. Okay, Kent, I'll, I'll see what I can do for you. Right, phone me tonight, I'll be home. Good, now. Give me t t till 11. I said okay, drove back to the office. 
My visitor came in just before lunch. He was about 50, distinguished-looking, well-dressed. The kind of a character who wears fancy gloves on the hottest day in summer. He put a card on my desk. Richard Selwyn, solicitor. My visit concerns the diamond necklace. What diamond necklace? The one owned by Mrs. Veary, of course. Am I supposed to know anything about that? Well, uh, I saw you enter the claims division of the Paramount Insurance Company. What were you doing there? I was waiting to see Miss Lawrence. Why? To ask if she'd found out anything concerning the necklace. Why should you want to know? Mrs. Veary is a close friend of mine. In fact, when she suffered a nervous breakdown six months ago, I was given power of attorney over her estate. So? That diamond necklace means a lot to Mrs. Veary, quite apart from its value, and I'd like to see it returned. Keep talking. I want to get your angle. It's this, Mr. Kent. Mrs. Veary is dying. She can't possibly live more than a few months. Go on. It was she who discovered the theft of the necklace. She kept it in a safe in her bedroom. Just a minute. Yes? According to what you say, she's an invalid. Yes. And how would she discover the necklace was missing? She spends a few hours each day in a wheelchair. Oh. Uh, don't stop, Mr. Selwyn. Well, to get to the point, Mr. Kent, I would like that necklace. <laughs> so would I. Well, put it this way. I would rather you brought the necklace to me than to the Paramount Insurance Company. What makes you so sure I'm supposed to bring it there? I spoke to Miss Lawrence after you left. While she admitted nothing, I'd seen you leaving. The deduction is simple. She asked you to arrange a private deal for the necklace so the insurance company would save money. And if she did? I'll top her figure by, say, 3,000. I, uh... I still don't get your angle. Well, it's simply this. Nothing would give me greater pleasure than to present Mrs. Veary with her necklace. An expensive gift. She's been very, very good to me. In the light of past favors, ten or twelve thousand means nothing. As I said, she's dying. Yeah, but uh, tell me something, Mr. Selwyn. Yes? Have the cops been notified? No, but if the necklace isn't returned within a few days, they will be. When they are, an investigation will start, and our thief may decide to go underground with the necklace. He may hide it for months, even years. By then, Mrs. Veary will be dead. Uh-huh. Twelve thousand, Mr. Kent. Isn't that more than Miss Lawrence offered? I'll, uh, I'll have to think it over. For how long? I don't know. I'll keep your card. Maybe I'll phone you. But... Sorry, we'll have to leave it at that. Oh, very well, Mr. Kent. He left. I spent the rest of the day doing nothing. At nine, I was home. At eleven, the phone rang. Larry Kent speaking. What did you find out? Oh, no, 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 not a thing. Did you see anybody? Yeah, 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 everybody, but, but nobody knew nothing. Well, keep trying. Oh, no, 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 I, I know you, Kent. Must have been done by the outside operator. Town's dead. I'd just be wasting my time. Sure of that? Oh, yeah, yeah, he positive. Okay, Frozen Fingers, thanks. If Frozen Fingers couldn't make a deal for a stolen necklace, nobody could. You're wondering why I'd bargain with a crook, aren't you? Well, it's like this. When a fence gets his hands on a valuable diamond necklace, he has the stones recut, and he melts the metal. 
So it's better to make a deal, get the necklace back, and then get the crook your own way. But it looked as though I was stumped. I figured I'd hit the hay, but... Company. I went to the door. Hello? She was something right out of a shipwrecked sailor's dream. Blonde, without any help from a chemist. Baby blue eyes, soft round face. A dress she'd been poured into, but she'd forgot to say when. A very nice bundle on anybody's doorstep. Only thing, she had a gun in her hand. Don't worry. It's only for self-protection. Come in. Maybe I can talk you into being sociable. Please, don't try anything. <laughs> I'm tempted, even with the gun. But you're evidently here on business. That's right. What can I do for you? Today, there was a man who's called Frozen Fingers. Yeah. In certain circles, he was asking questions about a necklace. And he mentioned your name. So? Are you still interested in buying that necklace? Yeah. Have you got it with you? <laughs> Hardly. But we can still make a deal. We? Me. And someone else. When? In two hours. Where? Hyde Park. Behind St. James Station. That wouldn't give me enough time to get the dough. You won't need it tonight. But I'll see you then, and I'll show you the necklace. Then we'll arrange for another meeting, and you can bring the money. Fair enough. See you in two hours. Until then. Good night. She backed out carefully. Two hours. 1.20 a.m. I was there right on time. She wasn't. But somebody else was. I dropped after hearing the first shot. When the second one went off, my face was against the sidewalk. I was hauling out my gun. I saw the flash of the third, but I didn't even bother to shoot. Why? Because it came from a hundred yards away. To hit anybody at three hundred feet with a revolver, you've got to be Annie Oakley or lucky enough to win the lottery. I got up and started running. My man was gone, if it had been a man. I went too, not wanting to talk to the cops at that stage. For a couple of hours that night, I... Lay in bed, thinking. First thing in the morning, the phone book gave me an address. That's where I went, to the very place. Private detective? She was young, in her middle twenties. Brown hair, good profile. Right from the floor. Please come in. Thanks. I'm June Veary. Mrs. Veary is my aunt. Uh-huh. Can I see you? I'm afraid that's impossible. She's not well at all. But I've come about the necklace. Oh, do you know something about it? Not as much as I'd like to know. I don't understand. 
I told her how the Paramount Insurance Company had hired me, but I left out the rest. I see. But Aunt Grace couldn't help you. You never can tell. I'd just like to ask her some questions. I'm sorry, Mr. Kent. The doctor's just been. Aunt Grace has been so upset about the necklace. The doctor gave her something. Oh. But perhaps I can help you. Yeah, maybe you can. What do you want to know? Oh, a lot of little things that may not mean anything. First, who's Richard Selwyn? Why, he's Aunt Grace's solicitor. Good friend? Well, they've known each other for 20 years. Do you like him? He's always been very nice to me. Do you live here? Yes. All your life? Only for the past five years, mm -hmm. since my parents died. Get along with your aunt? I'm very fond of her. I'll bet that goes both ways. Yes. Now that necklace, I guess it means a lot to your aunt. It was given to her by her husband. He died soon after they were married. No children? No. The necklace is insured for 75000 right? Yes. What value would your aunt place on it right now? There's no value as far as she's concerned. All the money in the world wouldn't have bought that necklace. Mm, but everything has a price, June. Mr. Kent, my aunt is dying. The necklace was given to her by her husband. Can't you see what that means? I had a general idea, but I wanted to be sure. Thanks. You're going now? Yeah. Oh, Mr. Kent, do you think you can get that necklace? Yeah. Next stop, Frozen Fingers room in Paddington. Out. Skeleton key. It worked. place looked bare. I had a look around. Nothing in his cupboard. Nothing anywhere. Frozen fingers had packed up and hit the road. Why? Another trip. This time outside somebody's house. Then a tail job. But nothing happened. At least nothing I was looking for. The next day... Ditto. But the third day, results. My tail job took me to an apartment building. When my tail job left, I entered. Two dames on the directory in the hall, Miss M. Blake, Miss R. Fleming. I tried Miss Fleming. She was thin, hawk-nosed. Sorry, I said, wrong flat. Then I tried M. Blake. You? Yeah. Oh, you shouldn't have tried keeping me out. I'll scream. I used to sell vacuum cleaners. I tell you, I'll scream. Open your mouth wide enough to try it and I'll flatten you. What do you want? First, just to be sociable, what does the M stand for in your name? You're the private detective. <laughs> Pig! Listen, sweetheart. Hitting dames isn't my specialty. <laughs> but when they try to make you imitate a duck in a shooting gallery, it's different. Now, M is what? Millie. 
That's the girl. From now on, my questions will be more important. <laughs> What's so funny? You, a great private detective. I was good enough to track you down through your partner. But that's as far as you'll get. You've got nothing on us. There were the three shots fired at me. You're the only one who's sure they weren't backfires. There's frozen fingers. He knows something. But he's not here. What did you do with him? We sent him on a holiday. He's perfectly all right. Thanks, sweetheart. That makes the picture complete. But you still can't do anything. Not a thing, Mr. Kent. I could tie you up and then gag your pretty mouth. That'd be silly, wouldn't it? It'd keep you from using that telephone. So just relax, sweetheart, and don't struggle. Don't make it too tight. I'll try not to. That telephone flex ought to do the trick. Yes. I pulled the telephone wire from the wall, walked over to the phone. Then she moved. You! She grabbed an ashtray, threw it. I lifted my arm. Oh. Ah, my left arm went numb. I won't miss again. She never got the chance to try. Oh. Nice and gentle, I tapped her on a nerve just below the left ear. Then I tied her. Gagged her. Made sure she was comfortable on the couch. She came too, just as I finished. So long, sweetheart. <laughs> nice kid, Millie. Next move. Second story work. A complete search. Success. Then out to the very place, a question. Yes, my aunt is away. Good, now listen, June. <laughs> Answer it, June. All right. Good afternoon, June. Hello, Mr. Selwyn. Well, why the urgent call? I wanted to see you, Selwyn. Mr. Kent. Still interested in that necklace? Uh, why, yes, of course I am. For 12,000? Why, why, yes. Do you know where it is? Uh-huh. Who has it? Before I get to that, there are just a few questions. Questions? Why did you want me to get you the necklace? Why, so I can get it back to Mrs. Ferry, of course. I know how much it means to her. Have you got the 12,000? I can raise it, if you can prove you can get the necklace. In other words, you were sure you'd never have to raise it. I beg your pardon? You guessed I was on the case when you saw me at the insurance building. Why, yes, I, I told you that. You knew my methods, my reputation. You didn't want me suspecting you. Suspecting me? Yeah, here's the necklace, Selwyn. <gasps> Where did you get it? In your apartment, very cleverly hidden under a floorboard. That's a lie. You stole it. Why would I steal it and then, and then go to you? To throw suspicion away from yourself. That's crazy. You're a lawyer. You've got contacts in the underworld. From one, you found out Frozen Fingers was working for me, so you paid him off. When I discovered he was missing, it would make me think he was on the inside of the deal. Do you think you can prove any of this rot? We might be able to make Millie talk. Millie? Don't play dumb. The girlfriend, the dame who was working with you, who probably thinks you're going to marry her after Mrs. Veery puts you in her next will. That's a lie. You saw Mrs. Veery's will when you had power of attorney. But you weren't getting as much as you wanted. I never saw any will. That's not true, Richard. Oh, Mrs. Veery. The old girl, thin-faced, weak, was in the doorway of the next room in a wheelchair. When you had power of attorney, Richard, you took all my important papers, including the will. 
dear. You, you are not well. You, you should be in your room. You might catch a chill. Never mind that. And even pretend you worry about me. Oh, but I do, Mrs. Fury. Oh, please, you mustn't listen to what he's saying. It's a whole pack of lies. I've seen the truth in your eyes, Richard. Mr. Kent has told me everything. It's not true. It's not true. You knew how much that necklace meant to me. Then why would I take it? So you could give it back, saying you'd made a deal for it. Then Mrs. Veary would show her appreciation by drawing up a new will. Yes, and I would have too. In your favor, Richard. Now, however, you get nothing. I think he should get something, Aunt Grace. So do I. Uh, oh, God. I threw him out. <laughs> Later, I had June phone the Paramount Insurance Company. Then I went to see Miss Ruth Lawrence, the iceberg. Congratulations, Mr. Kent. Thanks, honey. Miss Lawrence, if you don't mind. Uh-huh. I suppose you feel entitled to a bonus. Mm-hmm. I'll have a check made out to you. That... Part of the bonus can wait. Skint, your arm. I'm gambling. I warn you. On the fact that you might be human. Mr. Kent, I insist that you. Now, that wasn't bad, was it? Please, please don't try that again. Like this? Mr. Kent. Still mad? Mad? What have I been doing with my life? Fellas, here's a tip. When you start an iceberg melting, watch out. Good night. <laughs> Welcome back. I really don't know why Larry would be expecting a cash balance or why anyone would give it to him. Because he solved the case without giving out the 7,500 pounds. And so by the terms of the contract, it isn't the 7,500 pounds now his. As for the solution to the case, uh, it was... A little bit unusual, but I think it does make sense for her power of attorney to want to really ingratiate himself to her to get a bigger share of the estate. Although this does seem to be more of a case of it takes money to make money, given that he had to have £12,000 to invest in this scheme. I was a little dubious about his status in the will and also being her solicitor. I know that in the United States that would, that would present a conflict of interest in various jurisdictions. But of course this was set in Australia and I have no idea how this would work in Australia and have no hint. So I will assume that the writer before writing this script carefully went down to the law library and spent hours poring over books so that he could understand how estate law worked. 
That's what he did. I am sure of it. Now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day, and I want to go ahead and thank Camille. Camille's been one of our Patreon supporters since September 2017, currently supporting the program at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Camille. That will do it for today. A reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast using your favorite uh, podcast software, whether it's Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. If you are enjoying this podcast, please rate and review it wherever you download your podcast from. We'll be back next Tuesday with our final installment of I Hate Crime. Join us back here tomorrow for Dangerous Assignment, where... I suppose. I think they call it the human element. <laughs> yeah, I think they do. Yeah, let's see. Uh, oh, I believe you're still up, Meniscu. Hmm? Oh, yes, yes. You know, Steve, it seems to me that you raised your voice a little when you mentioned the name Eva Loche. Did I? Wait, we mustn't rattle Meniscu anymore. He's ready to drive. Oh, miserable. Yeah, quite a slice. I must have cut across the ball. Gentlemen, I, I hate to say this, but I, I seem to have a headache. I wonder if perhaps you would excuse me from continuing with our match. Sure, matter of fact, I've had enough. How about you, Olson? Sure, any time. We can cut back towards the clubhouse through this grove of trees. Oh, please, please, I don't want to spoil your game. Why don't the two of you continue? No, no, it seems to be getting a little too warm for comfort anyway. <coughs> Olson! Mitchell, he's been shot right through the head. Quick, Manescu. Let's get into that grove of trees. I think it'll be a little safer there. But where did the shot come from? Who knows? Here, in here. It was from a rifle, which means the sniper could be behind a hundred different trees and bushes on the golf course. But I do not understand why anyone would want to kill Olsen. He had no enemies. That's what I was thinking, Manescu, and it gives rise to a few assorted interesting thoughts. What do you mean? Maybe that bullet... I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>